Today is Monday, March 6, 2023. Biden has cancerous lesion removed from chest. Two Democrat 2024 opponents declare against Joe Biden. And emails reveal Fauci demanded medical paper disprove the COVID lab leak theory. Darren Beatty also joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. This show brought to you, ladies and gentlemen, by Patriot Mobile. I had a wonderful weekend with my family and my kids, and I was taking photos, and we were at the park, and we had a really nice time eating ice cream, eating cookies. I had two daddy-daughter dates this weekend. I wouldn't want to miss any moment, whether it's during a news cycle or whether it's with my family. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I use Patriot Mobile. That's because they have the most reliable network. They have reliable 4G and 5G on all three major networks. And if you want the same great service while using a company that is a conservative company, that is a God-given rights and freedoms style company, you'll love Patriot Mobile. Don't throw your money away on woke corporate companies that hate you use patriot mobile and switch today patriotmobile.com backslash benny you can get free activation today with your offer code benny b-e-n-n-y so make the switch today patriotmobile.com backslash benny okay ladies and gentlemen let me tell you a little something about the medical profession i married a trauma nurse i married somebody who did 10 years bedside inside of a trauma one, one of the largest, most dangerous hospitals in America. I brought our first story to her attention and she said, well, hot damn, this is not good for Joe Biden. Okay. I am telling you, I have consulted medical professionals on our first story here. Joe Biden has slash had cancer. Now, why do I say has? Well, because once you reach a specific age like in your 80s, where Joe Biden is, and you're starting to see cancers pop up, and you're starting to see, and this is again, the second time that Joe Biden has had cancer removed from his body. The first time was in his colon, and now he's having skin cancer removed from his body. This is a sign. It's a sign of a bodily breakdown, that the body is no longer functioning correctly, and this is just what will happen to all of us. We will all plot someday. That is the way that God created it. So we're not being cruel to Joe Biden, nor are we celebrating anything bad happening to him. But when you elect people or run people that are in their 80s, damn it, Joe Biden will be 82 when he's running for president in 2024. If he announces, he's supposed to have already announced. Our information was that he's going to announce in February. That didn't happen. What's going on right now? Crazy stuff. Joe Biden had a cancer removed from his chest. This is also a very scary place to have cancer, obviously. And as somebody whose father had a uh, colorectal cancer, I can tell you that is some of the most dangerous cancer also. Joe Biden had that cancer removed last year. And you remember Kamala Harris was president for a couple hours. Joe Biden had to go under in order to get those polyps removed. And so Kamala Harris effectively was the president. Are you ready for that, America? So Joe Biden, cancer removed from his chest. Uh, dangerous stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. There was a doctor's letter. Let's start with this, a tweet. Uh, doctor's letter that was sent out late on Friday. Now, let me tell you, I am not a medical professional, but I am a news professional. I am a content professional. I am a, a news cycle professional. So why would they release this statement uh, from Corinne Jean-Pierre, from the Dr. Kevin O'Connor, physician to the president. Why would they release this at 6 p.m. on a Friday night? You don't have to be a media or journalism professional to understand that this is the worst possible time to release news. This almost guarantees that that news will be thrown directly into a wood chipper, that no one will pay attention to it. They wanted to release this news in order to hide it from people. This was a tactic because it's very, very scary stuff. Here's the update on Joe Biden having cancer. And the president has a cancerous lesion removed from his chest. That's where we begin tonight. White House correspondent Jackie Heinrich has details tonight live from the North Lawn. Good evening, Jackie. 
Good evening to you, Brett. The president's doctor removed the lesion during his physical in mid-February. It wasn't until today that we learned it was basal cell carcinoma. It was all removed at the time of the biopsy and no further treatment is required. But So there's something called a public life. All right. There's a private life where it's none of your damn business. I think that the vast majority of people want to just be left alone in this country. And that includes liberals, that includes conservatives, that includes classic liberals. Most people, other than the communists, okay, other than the mentally ill communists, most people just want to be left alone. And you have every right to your privacy. However, if you decide to declare for public office, then suddenly everything about your life becomes fair game, including your health. So, for instance, the people of Pennsylvania deserve to know why their senator is hospitalized for months now and is unable to do the job of being a U.S. senator. There's something called representative democracy. We should be represented. Why is John Fetterman hospitalized for months and his wife's escaping to Canada? It doesn't make no sense. But that's there's nothing cruel about asking that question. If you go barging into the local hospital and start badgering people, hit the bricks. That's someone's private life. But when you are a public servant, as Joe Biden has been for 70 years, if you are an individual who is sucking up a public salary in order to serve the people of America with big decisions, then your health is every damn right, our obligation to ask you a question and to say, hey, yo, are you like full of cancer? Are you beleaguered, dementia-riddled individual? who needs to wear depends and is falling downstairs. You know, Joe Biden fell down the stairs again this week. Joe Biden fell walking up the stairs again this week, barely catching himself from falling directly on his face. We as the American people have every right to demand every scintilla of information that we can possibly get about Joe Biden's health and I have an obligation to tell you when the president has a hunk of cancer ripped out of his chest or his bowels. And you should say, ah, maybe that's not the healthiest guy. Maybe that's not the person we need parlaying with Xi Jinping and Putin. Here's Joe Biden falling down the stairs again. And given the salute there before he boards Air Force One, just like that, he touched down not even four hours that ago. That was a quick trip, but as you said, very impactful. So one of the things that happens when you get dementia uh, is you lose your sense of balance because what it is is the demyelinization of the nervous system and you have no cadence. You have no fluidity in your movement. That's why Joe Biden walks like a robot because he's barely hanging on. That's why they got to pump him full of all these liquids and all these special little cocktails just to get him to function. But ladies and gentlemen, man, I got to tell you, I've seen cancer up close. This is something to be very scared about. And it's not just me saying it. The real president's doctor, Ronnie Jackson, who's now a congressman from Texas, who is Barack Obama's doctor and Donald Trump's doctor, who's a real fantastic professional and provides an enormous amount of insight into what it's like to be the president's doctor, had a shocking response to Joe Biden and his cancer revelation here. Watch. I want to ask you your thoughts from your medical background. Um, unfortunately, President Biden um, had a cancerous lesion removed from the president's chest last month. Uh, the doctor said that this is a common form. The lesion tested positive uh, for carcinoma, uh, but he's OK. Uh, but I wonder about the uh, conversation about his capacity. You have been talking about the president's cognitive abilities being a uh, national security risk. Tell us more. Well, look, Maria, I'll start by saying that Biden is the cancer. You know, he's what needs to be renewed, removed, not the uh, not the lesion they found. But this is just another uh, effort from his physician and from his medical team to distract. They're going to talk about this. They gave us a bunch of useless information about his cholesterol and the stuff that no one cares about. All we care about in this country with regards to President Biden, 80 years old, who's got some obvious cognitive issues, is a cognitive assessment of some sort. We want something on the record to prove to us that he's cognitively capable of doing this job. Yeah, enough gaslighting. Joe Biden is the cancer. Woof. Man, talk about going in guns a-blazing. He is from Texas. Dr. Kevin O'Connor, the White House doctor, said the same type of the same type of stuff. Then this is 
what gaslighting is, okay? Gaslighting is them lying to you. You know Joe Biden is not of right mind. You hear him say the words, true and international pressure. You hear Joe Biden incapable of speaking, incapable of walking, incapable of hearing, incapable of doing the job as president. He is incapable. Yet gaslighting doctor here, Kevin O'Connor, who should be stripped of his medical credentials, says that Biden is healthy and vigorous and he's fit to handle his White House responsibilities. Meanwhile, I just played you the seventh time Joe Biden has fallen down the stairs. Ronnie Jackson, who is a real doctor, not some type of Soviet apparatchik declaring that Stalin is of a good health and that Lenin could be unfrozen from carbonite and reanimated to lead the Soviet Union, Ronnie Jackson saying mental fitness is all we should be caring about in this conversation. Go. What you're talking about is something different. What you're talking about are the cognitive abilities that have been questioned because of all of the gaffes. And you are just back from the Munich Security Conference as well. Did you feel a sentiment around our friends across the world about this issue? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, you know, I, I don't think that they uh, they really think that Biden's in charge. I mean, that's a common thing you hear is who's really running your government. It's obviously not Biden. They don't think that he's really pulling the strings. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think he is either. I think there are people within the West Wing, like Susan Rice and others, that, that are really making the decisions behind the scenes. He's just a puppet at this point. And, and you're right. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm just I'm worried about I'm not I'm not criticizing him. He's old. I mean, he's 80 years old. He, there may have been a period of time, you know, 20 years ago when he was caught cognitively fit uh, to, to hold this office. But that time, that, that time has passed. Mm. That window of opportunity for him to be our commander in chief closed some time ago. And he's not fit right now cognitively to do the job that he's being asked to do. And it, it, un, unfortunately, there are certain people that are in the West Wing, Jill Biden and Susan yeah. Rice and his chief of staff and all these other people, that their job and their uh, their role in the in the White House depends on him being there. And wow. so uh, he's being pushed uh, to, to run again. And I just think it's a bad decision. Yeah. Yeah. Judge these women by what they do to their husbands, man. Go read the scriptures about, uh, you know, what real love looks like, and you will see that it's the opposite with Jill Biden and Joe Biden. They have a pretend love story. Jill Biden and Joe Biden had an extramarital affair when they were both married. Jill Biden cheated on his wife. Jill Biden cheated on her husband. The two of them have had a sordid and broken relationship ever since. Jill Biden clearly does not love Joe Biden because you wouldn't do this to someone you love. Do you know that this isn't the first time that a hunk of cancer has been ripped out of Joe Biden's body? Before Joe Biden had decided to run for president, several non-melanoma skin cancers were removed from his body. That's before, excuse me, before the start of the presidency. O'Connor said in February 16th summary of the president's health, noting that it's well established that Biden spent a lot of time in the sun during his youth chasing corn pop. Ladies and gentlemen, the first lady has also had lesions, cancerous lesions, removed from her eye and her chest. So the Biden family, it is um, it is accurate to say is in very ill health. They're in ill health spiritually They are in ill health mentally and they are in ill health physically. And they clearly don't love each other because if you love someone and you saw them tripping down the stairs and unable to speak the language of origin, the language of the country of which they are elected president, well, then you wouldn't say that a mental fitness test is ridiculous, as Jill Biden said this weekend. Uh, You would welcome it because you would want the best for your loved one. The definition of cruelty is the banality of evil. Evil stares and sees all manner of horrors before it and just doesn't do anything about it. That's the banality of evil. And this is encapsulated and distilled perfectly in this clip of Joe Biden saying she just doesn't give a damn about Joe Biden's mental fitness. We're just going to run. He's just the meat puppet. He's my meal ticket. He's the reason I get to, you know, fish around inside of the garbage bag behind Bed Bath and Beyond and find my next dress. And so we're just going to keep this train going. Weekend at Bernie's, baby. Let's go. This is all because Nikki Haley said that a president 
who's over the age of 70 uh, needs to have a mental fitness and a cognitive fitness test done. And that needs to be an act of law and that those results need to be made public so that the public can see that they are being led by competent leaders who have their full brainstem intact. This is a deeply rational and logical thing to request. Here's Joe Biden's response. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We would never even discuss something like that. Does that make you feel confident, America? Does that make you feel confident? I mean, Jill Biden, in the same breath, is saying that it's time for the first female president, essentially sabotaging her husband. Maybe she needs a competency, cognitive test. Check it out. Is it time for the U.S. to have its first female president, if you're talking about women here? It's always time to have a female president, no matter what country you're in. So I'm very supportive of women running for office. Jill Biden doing her best Minecraft, LARPing impression there with that dress, whatever the hell that was. Jill Biden is pushing back on the GOP presidential candidate Nikki Haley for proposing that all politicians over the age of 75 be required to have a mental competency test. The first lady told CNN that her husband, who would be 82 at the time of inauguration if elected for a second term, wouldn't even discuss that. We as the American people should force this upon them. It's our right to know if you are fit for office. You're leading us, lady, not the other way around. You should actually have no right to say otherwise. This should be something that is absolutely expected. Donald Trump took one of these tests and he like made fun of it. Passed it with flying colors. I had to draw the draw a zebra or a giraffe or something. Donald Trump, I don't know, he had some old clip talking about taking a mental competency test and how much he loved it and how he aced it, how he's the greatest. Joe Biden and uh, his wife are laughing. She's did you see her roll her eyes in the back of her skull at just the suggestion? Man, well, maybe they'll get serious about this because Democrats are announcing against Joe Biden. There are two Democrats that have announced that they will be running against Joe Biden this weekend. The first is Marianne Williamson, the author, somebody who I think is personally very entertaining and hilarious and interesting. I'd love to have her on the show. Marianne Williamson uh, did a wrecking ball act last time that she ran against uh, the Democrat establishment, saying how crooked and corrupt all of the happenings behind the scenes at the DNC is, how centrally organized and planned this all is. And you can see it now. They just cut out Iowa out of the caucuses. So now they're just going to move right to a machine state, South Carolina, in order to just deliver immediately for Joe Biden. This is how nervous they are. Marianne Williamson announcing a run against Joe Biden this weekend. Go. You uh, have been called, I think it was the Associated Press, said you are the longest of long shots. Why do you think you can do this? I would bet that the Associated Press also said that Hillary Clinton was a shoo-in. I'm sure that they would. I don't know if they would have used that language. Maybe not, but that system, you know exactly what I'm saying. They did say that she was a shoo-in. Washington Post, the morning of the election, November 8th, 2016, said that Donald Trump has a 0% chance of becoming president. So yes, these people lie, and great for Marianne Williamson. Ro- uh, 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 Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is also interested in running against Joe Biden. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. thinking about launching a Democrat challenge to Joe Biden White House nomination. Now, that would be very interesting because Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a champion against big pharma, a champion against corporate America intruding in your life. There, there's a lot. I mean, he's a regular on Tucker Carlson's show. There's a lot of crossover with RFK Jr. And what, what are you going to do? Joe Biden fancies himself John F. Kennedy. What are you, you going to say to John F. Kennedy's nephew? Joe Manchin, uh, not great. This is uh, Joe Manchin on Joe Biden this weekend. Joe Manchin just last week refused to call himself a Democrat. What's he doing this week? Are you going to endorse Joe Biden if he runs for re-election? Oh, there's plenty of time for the election. This is the problem with America right now. We start an election every time there's a cycle coming. Yeah, he's up. the leader of your party. I, uh, I, no. The bottom line is, let's see who's involved. Let's wait until we see who all the players are. 
Let's just wait until it all comes out. <laughs> we could play you clip after clip after clip after clip after clip of squad members, Joe Manchin, uh, middle of the road Democrats, far left Democrats saying, uh, I'm not going to endorse Joe Biden. <laughs> and what's the best argument that they have that Joe Biden is fit for office? Uh, ridiculous. The first lady said in a response, how many 30 year olds, this is on CNN, how many 30 year olds could travel to Poland, get on the train, go nine hours, go to Ukraine, meet President Zelensky, Jill said, proving her husband's stamina and fitness to the demands of the presidency. <laughs> so look, man, look what he's doing. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I'm 36. I'm perfectly capable of traveling to Poland, and I'd be happy to sit and ride on a train. Flying th through Joe Biden's America, you have to sit for seven to eight hours anyway in every airport because there's so many cancellations. So yeah, I think every 30-year-old would be perfectly fine doing that, Jill. What are you talking about, lady? Get back to the dumpster behind Bed Bath & Beyond. What is wrong with you? Go meet with Zelensky? You faked an air raid, lady! You faked an air raid. This is demonstrably true. Empirically. CNN, Reuters, everyone. There was no MiG. There was no Russian bomb in the air. You had to fake an air raid to make Joe Biden look tough. And he still walked like he was a Terminator robot. Walked like, a, like, like he had a human exoskeleton. One of those Boston Dynamics robots walk better than Joe Biden. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, people are thinking about running against Joe Biden. Uh, they trotted out J.B. Pritzker, the uh, most unhealthy uh, failed mayor, sorry, governor in America, Illinois, governor here, ladies and gentlemen, got got wheeled in from being Brendan Fraser's body double in The Whale uh, to give an interview. And he was really excited about Joe Biden. I mean, really excited about Joe Biden. Doesn't matter that his state is in complete and total collapse. Doesn't matter that Lori Lightfoot just lost in a landslide inside of their machine city in Chicago. Doesn't matter that everything in Illinois is on fire and everyone is fleeing and nobody wants to live there anymore. No. The murders and the blood flowing in the street of Chicago. Doesn't matter. J.B. Pritzker, all sunshine and rainbows and chocolate lava fountains for Joe Biden. Chocolate lava fountains that J.B. Pritzker has his face directly under. Watch. So do you think he needs to make it official and say he's running so that there isn't more speculation or people considering other options? I don't think there's anybody that's serious that's actually considering running against Joe Biden because he's done such a great job. So I'm interested in RFK. So RFK Jr. is considering running for president in 2024, challenging President Biden for the Democratic nomination. He says his wife approves. His wife wants him to run. I'm thinking about it. Yep, he said. Uh, but my first hurdle is my wife, and that's a green light. So Kennedy told this to a crowd in New Hampshire. Kennedy's wife, actress Cheryl Hines, has reportedly attended the speech. New Hampshire, the Institute of Politics, which nearly a quarter of a century, has been a must stop in the Granite State. Uh, Kennedy, the son of the late Senator Robert F. Kennedy, is the nephew of John F. Kennedy, described himself as a lifelong Democrat. Uh, but he has faced criticisms for his activism against the COVID-19 vaccine. Well, is that really going to be a disqualifier in this race for president for Democrats? I think even logical Democrats are going to say uh, no, 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 especially as they watch Dr. Fauci get dragged before the U.S. House of Representatives and pistol whipped by the likes of Jim Jordan, who is now demanding, demanding that Dr. Fauci get pulled out of his rat hole and get questioned before the American people for this. And this is a big one, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Fauci personally advocated for the destruction of the lab leak theory inside of the corporate press. House Committee says Fauci prompted the drafting of a medical paper to disprove COVID lab leak theory. Now, we all know why. We all know why. And you can see the memo for yourself here on screen. The reason why Dr. Fauci did this is because he is 
culpable because he funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China. He used your taxpayer dollars to do it. It was illegal in the United States of America. It was super dangerous. They took bat coronaviruses that exist naturally that are not transmissible to humans, and they made them transmissible. Easy. I can sum it up in a single sentence. And Dr. Fauci paid for it. The Chinese don't do stuff just for fun. Dr. Fauci gave them the money and the technology to do it and the research to do it. And so Dr. Fauci personally is responsible for the death of 7 million people around the world. That's why Jim Jordan wants to drag Dr. Fauci out of his rat hole and deliver some justice for the American people. Watch. First on the, on the COVID issue, understand that on January 31st, 10.32 p.m., 2020. So right at the get-go, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson, which says virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, he gets another email from Dr. Gary. Now, these are doctors he's handed out our tax dollars to over the years. Dr. Gary's email says, I don't know how this happens in nature. It would be easy to do in a lab. That same day, February 1st, 2020. So again, right at the start, that same day, Dr. Fauci organizes a conference call. Him and Dr. Collins get on there with Dr. Gary, Dr. Anderson, all these other virologists, they get on there, and three days later, everybody changes their story. The same guy who said this would be easy to do in a lab says, oh, now you're crazy if you think it came from a lab. The same guy that says, I don't know how this, that, that this would, uh, that this does, that looks engineered, he changes his story. And then the kicker is, three months later, those same two doctors, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, get a seven million, uh, several million dollar grant from Dr. Fauci to continue their research. So the, the fundamental question is, why was Dr. Fauci so consumed with making sure the narrative wasn't about the lab? So this is the most important date. Mark it and burn it inside of the back of your brain. February 1, 2020, Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins and 11 other scientists convened a conference call to discuss COVID-19. On the call, Fauci and Collins were the first warned that COVID-19 may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. Further, they may have intentionally been genetically manipulated, the memo says. Three days later, four participants of the conference call authored the paper titled The Proximal Origins of SARS-CoV-2. Proximal origin meaning it occurred naturally. You can go through Fauci's emails and you can see the panic taking place. You can go through the timeline. His emails are public. Then you, you can begin to see the cover-up, the largest, deadliest cover-up in human history centered directly around the evil rat doctor. Listen to Dr. Fauci try to answer questions about his pushing of the fake narrative, disinformation, misinformation. It's incredible how the people who are always accusing us of misinformation and disinformation are the ones who are the most guilty the largest purveyors of it. Here's Dr. Fauci being asked directly about his influence on this article attempting to disprove the lab leak theory that would send him to The Hague. Go. Possibly came out of a laboratory in China. You studied this virus. What are your prospects of that? There was a study uh, recently that we could make available to you where a, a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists look at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve. And the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. So, I mean, the, the paper will be available. I, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make that available too. So that's Dr. Fauci shilling for the paper that he helped authorize and wrote. And also, how short is he? He really is the rat doctor. You know how teeny he is in comparison to Trump and even Pence up there? Man, things are collapsing around Dr. Fauci, and it gets worse. Wait till you see what happened in London, England, with the COVID czar in London, England, releasing new variants. Oh, man. And Russell Brand goes on a tirade, tirade, 
against the corporate cultists, corporate COVID cultists. But first, ladies and gentlemen, things may be crashing down around Dr. Fauci. The entire COVID narrative may be coming crumbling down, along with, unfortunately, our economy, our housing market, our own dollar. Have you checked in on the national debt recently? You should consider acting fast and acting now to protect what you have worked so hard for. Let me recommend for you precious metals. My friends at Allegiance Gold have the highest ratings in the industry. An A-plus from the Better Business Bureau, Allegiance Gold can help protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold and silver. You can also have physical gold and silver shipped directly to your home. Gold and silver are the only assets that protect against the government and their idiotic decisions. As we will get to here, ladies and gentlemen, in just a moment, their idiocy, it has no floor. So please consider protecting yourself today as I do. Right now, get up to $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying investment when you visit protectwithbenny.com or call 844-66-BENNY, B-E-N-N-Y, protectwithbenny.com, go gold today. Ladies and gentlemen, what is absolute gold is the text messages that have been released from Matt Hancock, who was the covid one of the, the, the COVID czar health minister in the UK. Project Fear authors discussed when to deploy new COVID variant. Wow, the timeline between conspiracy theory and between reality is ever shortening. Matt Hancock wanted to deploy a new COVID variant to frighten the pants off of the public and ensure that they complied with the lockdown. Leaked messages seen by the Telegraph have revealed. The lockdown files more than 100,000 WhatsApp messages sent between ministers and officials in the government show that the government used scare tactics to force compliance and push lockdowns. In another message, Simon Case, the cabinet secretary, said that the fear and guilt factor was vital in ramping up messaging. So it's all true. All of this is true. So Matt Hancock, the health secretary in England appeared to suggest in one message that a new strain of COVID that had recently emerged would be helpful in preparing the ground for a looming lockdown and scaring people into compliance. In his WhatsApp conversation from December 13th, obtained by The Telegraph, one of Mr. Hancock's media advisors informed him that MPs were furious already about the prospect of a stricter lockdown. We can roll pitch with the new strain. The comment suggested that they believe the new strain would be helpful in preparing the groundwork for a future lockdown and tougher restrictions in the run-up to Christmas 2020. Mr. Hancock replied, we are frightening the pants off everyone with the new strain. Mr. Poole agreed, saying, yep, that's what will get proper behavior to change. These people are evil. We've said it before. They are opposed to your human rights. They are against your freedom to move, to live, to marry, to love, to raise your own children. They are vicious, vengeful dictators. They are sycophants who care nothing for your own health and will literally use scare tactics and drop new variants in order to scare you into compliance. That is their only tool. Mao understood this. Power extends from the end of the gun. And so they are using and used COVID as an opportunity to cretinously and vengefully erode your rights as a human being. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Watch this. Guy puts the cock in Matt Hancock. This guy's a total dick. Watch this guy. This piece of garbage. This cretin. Go on television and do exactly what he said he was going to do in these texts. This Matt Hancock guy. On TV, trying to scare the pants off the people in England. Next to the text messages that he's sending privately where he's saying that he needs to do that in order to get the behavior that they want. Oh, 
Oh, we were right. We were right. We were right. We were right. And I've never felt worse about it. Watch. Who said uh, recently that the virus was under control? Yes. Is it? No, uh, it, it's not. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control. And this news about the new variant has been a, a an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, uh, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The cases in the tier four areas, as you've seen from the graphs that have been presented, have absolutely rocketed in the last few uh, a few days, last two weeks or so. And so it, we are we've got a we've got a long way to go to sort this. Essentially, we've got to get that vaccine rolled out to keep people safe. To prepare ourselves, I mean. <laughs> Is it likely that if you're in a tier four area now, you're going to be in a tier four area until that vaccine is rolled out? Well, I think that given how much faster this new variant spreads, it is going to be very difficult to keep it under control until we have the vaccine rolled out. These people lie to you. They do it for power. They try and scare you in order to have you give up more of your liberties. It's hard to think of liberties that haven't already been assumed by this Borg of petty technocrats and tyrants, but just your freedom of movement, your freedom to leave your home. That's too much freedom to drive a car, to raise your children. That's too much freedom. These people are evil. There needs to be a new Nuremberg trial for people who did this. And Dr. Fauci needs to be top of the list. And I would argue that if you were to hire a PR advocate for the new Nuremberg trials, for these culture war criminals, well, then uh, Russell Brand might be the right person to do that. Russell Brand has been on a terror, a terror through the American media ecosystem and just dropping red pills. And black, bill, black pills, like it was the bombing of London, ladies and gentlemen. Russell Brand went on to HBO and stared directly down John Heidelman, who is one of the lobotomized clapping seal NPCs that get trotted out on TV to tell you that Joe Biden's fit and vigorous and healthy and that his policies are working. Shut up, little people. Go pay for your $12 a dozen eggs and your $4 gasoline. Everything's fine. More war in Ukraine. John Heidelman got BTFO'd so hard by Russell Russell Brand. It's like a comedian from England who's now fully awake. It's delicious. Check it out. John, I've not known you long, but I love you already. But I have to say that it's it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And and unless we start to embrace, and also, mate, like just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. Right. I've been on that MSNBC, yeah. mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you're, you're on there. Having, you, I went on a show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried Good morning, on. Morning Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American. American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friend. Make MSNBC better. Make MSNBC great again. My friend, I would love. I would. <laughs> I love that they do this in front of a live audience because the reaction is so utterly degrading and humiliating to mouthpiece 
Soviet apparatchik John Heidelman, who's left every shred of dignity and every shred of journalism credentials at the door as he lays prostrate before the Biden regime in order to do their bidding. And man, that world is coming crashing down. Listen to Russell Brand go on a complete tear against the COVID lies that were shopped and merchandised to you. You have a single, you have a single actual fact. Do you want an example? Do you want an example? The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, deliberately referring to as a horse medicine. What about Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take this vaccine, you're not going to get it when it hasn't been clinically trialed for transmission? You have to listen. Do you think you can improve America by determinedly and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? Did you not just listen to Bernie Sanders, (laughs) someone who plainly legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices, that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. Man. Talk about a man on a spiritual, it was spiritual. This is a spiritual mission. And the left is the recipient of Brand's ire because it is the left that is behaving like totalitarian tyrants. You are not allowed to disagree. You are not allowed to think different. It's amazing how many of these people idealize Steve Jobs and idealize John Lennon and idealize Martin Luther King Jr. And all three of those guys would be repulsed by the modern-day Soviet tyrannical left. And Russell Brand, who is clearly a man of the left, if you listen to his podcast with Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan himself, clearly a man of the left, they don't recognize their own party anymore. And that's what's creating this split, and that party is splitting like a piece of wood. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Russell Brand, one more clip, spitting facts. Incredible stuff. Watch. Go. <laughs> I've brought some facts. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> if you'd like, uh, they're uh, actually... You just, you just get the fuck out of here. This is not the place. I don't know that, facts. No, no, I, we love no, like facts. I love facts. I wouldn't have mentioned it. I'm English, and you know that politeness is our fundamental religion. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but they do pertain to this issue, so may I say something? Please, them? please. If they inconvenience you, I, I'll stop saying them. The pandemic created at least 40 new far, big pharma billionaires. Pharmaceutical corporations like Moderna and Pfizer made $1,000 of profit every second from the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. More than well. two-thirds of Congress received campaign funding from pharmaceutical companies in the 2020 election. Pfizer chairman Albert Baller told Time magazine in July 2020 that his company was developing a COVID vaccine for the good of humanity, not for money. And of course, Pfizer made $100 billion in profit in 2022. And and may I just mention, finally, and this is also a fact, that you, the American public, funded the development of that. The German public funded the BioNTech vaccine. When it came to the profits, they took the profits. When it came to the funding, you paid for the funding. I've never seen a larger barrage, an armada of red and black pills being dropped on a live studio audience than that. Woody Harrelson was on SNL last week. He was smarting off, obviously, about big pharma. We thought that was great. But Russell Brand just ripped the patina directly off, tore the bark down, and is wide, wide awake Somebody who delivers red pills and black pills all day and night on his site, Revolver News, the founder of that incredible site, joins us now, Darren Beatty. Darren, we are thrilled that you could come on. Thank you so much for joining us. It seems like this week we are going to see a turn in the tide in the Fed's surrection and the news that we know about it. Your friend, uh, and 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 an ally, Tucker Carlson, has been going through 45,000 hours of January 6th footage. Shocking that we didn't have that footage in the first place. It's been kept and 
hoarded by a small group of people in order to create a narrative. You have been the uh, whatever that giant piece of wood is used when you breach a fortress and you drive it through the gate. You have been that for the narrative. You've been the breaker of change. You've been the breaker of the narrative with your site, Revolver News, on January 6th. What should we expect Tucker to reveal to us? I begin, I believe, beginning tonight. Indeed. Well, it's it's very exciting, and I think it's altogether appropriate that uh, Tucker should be given this avalanche of footage and information. And I fully expect and hope that in the near future, this information will basically be put out there to the public because it's such an extraordinary amount. I mean, we're talking about 40,000 hours that really, I think the only way to even hope to mine the treasure, and it could be a needle in a haystack type situation as well, is to crowdsource the investigation to WikiLeaks it. But at least for the first pass, I could think of nobody more appropriate uh, to handle the coverage uh, than Tucker Carlson. As for what specific footage uh, we can expect, we just have to tune in and see. My hope, and this is kind of informed my advice to uh, to Tucker's team, is that it would be great to find more footage along the lines of what we already have. You know, we already have Capitol Police opening the doors. We already have Capitol Police unnecessarily instigating and inciting events by flash bombing crowds. We already have footage of Capitol Police brutalizing, and in some cases, basically, you could say even killing uh, some of uh, some of the protesters. And so it's always good to have more of this to reinforce the narrative of actually what happened. But I think in order to go beyond simply reinforcing the narrative and to advance the narrative, what we really need and what I really hope is in this footage is clear, high-resolution footage of some of the deeply suspicious actors of January 6th that we have not yet been able to positively identify. There is sort of the white whale, so to speak, of the January 6th Fedsurrection, which is the as-of-yet unidentified, which is amazing when you think about it, scaffold commander, whose role in January 6th was just as egregious, if not more so, than Ray Epps. And the government hasn't even acknowledged his existence, much less publicly identified him. I suspect that if he were to be identified, this would be the biggest scandal in the country. And part of the reason he hasn't been, I've tried, believe me, I've pulled out all the stops and all the resources, and I can be pretty resourceful. I've used all the resources. I've been unsuccessful in identifying this individual. Um, and the thing that could change the game on that would be having more high resolution footage of this person's uh, face. And there's not just the scaffold commander. There are a handful of other people. I think that simply identifying them is enough to crack the case. Yeah, you have in one of your Fed Direction articles, which are thoughtful and which are well-researched and which are grounded in facts and evidence uh, and which are grounded in real-time videos from the ground there on January 6th, a, uh, you present a concept of a breach team mm -hmm. that before Donald Trump was even done speaking were already in the acts of encroaching on the Capitol and cutting through the wire uh, and setting up essentially what what would be January 6th. Um, how many members of that breach team have been arrested by the FBI, uh, have been arrested and charged? Well, that's a great question. We don't sort of precisely define the breach team. The iconic piece that you mentioned is the Meet Ray Epps series, really. It's But it's the Meet Ray Epps part two. And before the Big Tucker show, I strongly encourage everybody, go to revolver.news, go to the sidebars of the January 6th series, and just start out with Meet Ray Epps part one and part two. Part two is really... Uh, the critical one is, you know, they say it's rare that, you know, sequels are better than the original. But in this case, part two, it's like 
Ninja Turtle Secret of the U's is even better. This one is the Secret of the U's for the Fence Erection thesis. It's really uh, amazing. And part of what makes it work is we have the footage in there. And there are a number of people that we call the breach team who are responsible in a coordinated fashion for this initial and decisive assault on the Western perimeter of the Capitol. And Ray Epps is part of it. Scaffold Commander is part of it. And um, there's, you ask, have any of them been arrested? The biggest ones have not been arrested, have not been indicted. And as I mentioned, in the case of Scaffold Commander, it hasn't even been identified. We don't even know who this guy is. But there are some people who have been arrested, but given charges that are um, so trivial and so lenient, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. And one of these is, uh, known to a guy known to researchers as Maroon Proud Boy, with whom uh, Ray Epps has a a very uh, enlightening conversation in the minutes before that first and decisive breach. Ray Epps says, "When we go in, leave this here. We don't want to get shot." And he's referring to a can of bear spray that this individual is holding. And there is an almost exactly uh, 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 identical conversation by two other January 6th defendants, and that became the basis of a very serious conspiracy charge. Why the Department of Justice simply left that off the table and decided not to pursue a similar conspiracy charge against Epps for this verbal exchange is, again, one of the many inconsist glaring inconsistencies pertaining to the federal government's protection of Ray Epps that, frankly, does not lend itself to any innocent explanation. Yeah. Tucker Carlson has been teasing this, a little bit of a breadcrumb here from his Friday show saying, the government is lying to you. We now have that definitively. I'd like to play you the clip, and then I'd like to ask you, what you believe these lies uncovered are. Democracy, you're out defending democracy again. They're telling you it's really, really dangerous. And anyone would get to see the thousands of hours of surveillance footage from January 6th, which has been hidden from the public for two years, as a tiny group of people gets to make up stories about what happened that day and change the country on the basis of those stories. And we respectfully disagree. We think people should, in a democracy, be allowed to see what their government is doing and get as much evidence as they can. And it turns out the public agrees. Rasmussen, the polling firm, just found that 80% of American voters believe it's important that the public should be allowed to see the videos from January 6th. That would include 86% of Republicans, okay, but it would also include 78% of Democrats, 78% and 75% of independents. Wow. So you're defending democracy, but you're denying people information on the basis of which they can make their own decisions. How does that work exactly? Well, it's not democracy, of course. It's building a bulwark against your lies being revealed. And they are lying. And we know that because we've been looking at the tape. We're going to bring you information on the tape and some of it next week. And we think it's going to be really, really interesting. Tucker has featured you and highlighted your work on his program before. What do you believe he's uncovered? Well, again, I think it, it simply remains to be seen, but there are, there are basically two categories. One category is footage that reinforces the existing understanding, which I think is still valuable. We have more footage of Capitol Police opening doors, more footage of Capitol Police brutalizing unnecessarily the protesters, more footage of the Capitol Police actively instigating and riling up the protesters, which is, which is another matter. We have footage of all of these things happening, but to have more such footage is valuable to reinforce our understanding of what really happened. And so I suspect there could be something like that. There's a second and even more important category that I'm most hopeful for, which is having high resolution, never before seen footage of the handful of unidentified participants who are suspicious, who are being protected by the government, and who, if their identities should be uncovered, um, would basically crack the case of January 6th. And I'd include scaffold commander and a handful of others in that category. And so that's what I'm most hopeful for. But again, we just have to wait and see.
So Christopher Ray and then the deputy assistants to the FBI were asked under oath about federal agents in the audience and th- whether they were behaving criminally. Uh, Clay Higgins of Louisiana asked Christopher Ray point blank, did you have – uh, confidential informants dressed as MAGA supporters inside the Capitol before January 6th, which would just be a massive bombshell. And what a pointed, what a pointed question. I mean, that's so MAGA supporters dressed as MAGA supporters inside the Capitol before anyone breached the Capitol. Um, they've all answered. We can't tell you that they haven't ever said no. They said we're not allowed to say, which is effectively saying yes. I mean, is this one of the largest criminal conspiracies in history by our federal government? Well, it's it's certainly an enormous uh, scandal. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that a no comment implies a yes, given the broader context. Um, I'd have to see a specific exchange. I don't think it always means yes, but I will say this about Ray is that, you know, the famous uh, exchange that really catalyzed the whole sort of uh, series of Revolver's coverage on this was an exchange between Amy Klobuchar and Christopher Ray. And Amy Klobuchar says to Ray, don't you just kick yourself? that you didn't have informants in any of these militia groups, because if you had had informants, you would have been able to stop it. And Ray very, very curiously deflects the question. And we now understand why, because, you know, there are different categories. I think Revolver's coverage shows with overwhelming evidence that it goes beyond the government simply knowing it was going to happen and letting it happen. They played an active role in instigating in the same way you saw with the uh, Christopher Ray's Whitmer kidnapping plot, overseen, incidentally, by the now-retired Stephen D'Antuono, who was immediately promoted after that entrapment operation to oversee the Washington FBI field office in the months leading up to and after January 6th. He was actually the public face of the pipe bomb investigation and resigned quietly after Revolver raised some really disturbing questions pertaining to the the pipe bomb. Um, But this is uh, in the case of in the case of Ray. It, we now know that at the very least, these militia groups imputed to January six that are alleged to have been conducted conspiracies, they were infiltrated from top to bottom. The Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers. It came out in the course of the January six trials that. The vice president of the Oath Keepers was an FBI informant. We know that the head and fa- uh, the head of the Proud Boys has a history of being an informant. That many of the key people in the Proud Boys were informants. The New York Times itself begrudgingly reported, after sort of Revolver let it out of the bag, that there were a handful of informants who are texting their handlers in real time as January six unfolded, and so. Simply taking that as a basis, you say, well, informants informed. They were informed. They were informed in advance, and they didn't do anything to stop it. On January 6th, the Capitol building didn't just have ordinary levels of security. It had uniquely poor levels of security. There's no explanation for that. And again, this is all leaving aside the active role of instigating and, 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 and provocation that you see with people like Ray Epps and Scaffold Commander. This is, this is a still scandalous but less explosive revelation that they also knew everything that was unfolding and didn't do anything to stop it. And I think that indicts a much broader swath of the security community because the instigating aspect of it, I think how these things typically operate, they're heavily compartmentalized. And I don't think like everyone in the FBI knows about it or everyone in the DHS knows about it. It's a small network of people, you know, conduct operations like that. But at the bureaucratic level, there is much more to condemn in the sense that they were in every position to know that this would unfold, every position to know that 
At the very least, the Capitol building should have elevated security on that day, and they did nothing. They did, they did I mean, perhaps less than nothing, right? right? Because this is the, and it's the final question I have for you, because you've been, you've been the Nostradamus on this issue, and uh, nobody has better reporting on January 6th than Darren Beatty and Revolver News. This clip came as a shock to me as somebody who has been in Washington, D.C. and worked in Washington, D.C. We'll show you this, the Columbus Doors opening. I've been on the Capitol. I've been to the U.S. Capitol. So have you. The Capitol is dripping in, you know, old world decadence. And one one of those uh, prime pieces are these huge uh, iron doors, right, that are solid – sorry, not iron, brass doors – 10 tons each, 17 feet tall, impenetrable, without like artillery shells. Why do they open? I mean, I guess I'll just leave that as a, like a final question for you, Darren. Why do they, mm-hmm. why do they open? Well, I mean, that's a fantastic question. Some people are so delusional that they actually think, oh, they're a bunch of, you know, MAGA supporters in the government who, you know, facilitated the insurrection by opening it. But I think far more reasonable explanation, again, is probably it's the same reason there was uniquely poor security on that day. Probably the same reason that the federal government and all of the leaders of the January 6th witch hunt are curiously and actively protecting Ray Epps. Probably the same reason that Christopher Ray promoted the man who oversaw the Michigan entrapment operation to head the D.C. FBI field office in the months leading up to January 6th. Probably all of these answers are connected. But again, the last thing on this is this is explosive footage. This kind of footage has been out there for a while. And the people who know the truth about January 6th are skeptical. We're aware of it. And so it's in a way it's priced in. And that's why I'm really hoping uh, if the, you know, the Tucker footage can help to identify some of the unidentified people that will actually lead to an advancement on a narrative level because, you know, people overlook, we already have a lot of explosive footage simply from what's already out there. Yeah. Yeah. Police officers saying that they were set up. Uh, uh, police officers in plain clothes getting stopped and giving their credentials. This is going to be a bombshell week. We thank you so much for your reporting on this. We would know so much less on our show without Revolver News. Ladies and gentlemen, go to Revolver News. Subscribe. Support Darren. Uh, His work is uh, arguably the most important writing uh, currently right now on the internet. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the program. It's going to be a bombshell week, man. Get ready. This week is going to change everything. I have a, I have the feelings in my in my bones right now. This is going to be the week where everything changes. This is going to be the week where people become awake. And we've already been seeing that throughout the weekend. Donald Trump gave a big speech at CPAC saying, we will never go back to the party of Paul Ryan, Karl Rove, and Jeb Bush. He is marking a new era of enlightenment for the Republican Party, and we welcome that as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump, no more the party of rhinos. Go. But we are never going back to the party of Paul Ryan, Karl Rove, and Jeb Bush. Donald Trump gave a long, spirited speech. The most viral line out of his speech is the line about retribution. I shall become your retribution for the villains and the scoundrels, including the globalist communists and the fake news media, Donald Trump told the crowd, to massive, massive uproars. We weren't at CPAC, but we had members of the Benny team in the audience. They said this was the one that brought the house down. Listen. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. 
In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. Not going to let it happen. I will totally obliterate the deep state. I will fire. Hey, man, he gets the people going. Donald Trump ain't no one better on the stump. We've seen it firsthand. We've seen it behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. It's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Donald Trump, because this show is so much about the world that has changed far for the worse because of what they did to us during the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdowns and the tyranny, Donald Trump speaking about the COVID origins, we thought was very, very precise here, and he's over the target. Check it out. And I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China. We have to do it. We have to do it. I will hold China financially accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. And I will again withdraw from the WHO, which stands for We Hide Outbreaks. We Hide Outbreaks. The United States was paying. People are ready for it. People are hungry. People want it, and there's a deep and abiding sense that something's gone horribly wrong with Joe Biden as you watch him trip down the stairs, as you hear about the cancer that has to be ripped out of his body. Joe Biden is unhealthy. He's unwell. He's unfit for leadership. I don't care what his damn kook gonzo doctor says. And speaking of kook gonzo doctors who deserve, ladies and gentlemen, to have their credentials stripped from them little by little, Dr. Fauci was caught in the wild at a restaurant in Washington, D.C., and this incredible photo was taken this weekend. Let that, uh, well, well, well. Somebody, uh, some this young lady who I do not know the identity of uh, as of yet, I'm, I'm sure we'll figure out who this is. Maybe we'll bring her on the program. Uh, this young lady maybe maybe spoke for all of us. Maybe spoke for all of us. Maybe saying saying the things that uh, saying the things that you may not want to say. Th- saying the th- saying and doing the things that uh, you may have to go to church and ask forgiveness for. And ladies and gentlemen, on this show we do remind ourselves that Dr. Fauci is certainly not God, even though he wants to act like God and create mutant viruses to kill us all. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Fauci isn't God. The government isn't God. Joe Biden isn't God. God is God and is good, actually, to humble those people who believe so highly in themselves. Pride cometh before destruction, and the destruction of this regime can't come fast enough. Until that day, we shall pray, ladies and gentlemen. We shall remind you of the good word in the good book. That's why we end every single show with a Bible verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's the only kingdom that matters. I love America a lot. I think America at its core is a force of good uh, unto the world and certainly has been for the last 250 years of its existence. We need some major changing right now. We need to seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else needs to come second. And so set yourself as you begin your week on doing that, seeking the kingdom of God and everything else that'll fall into line pretty nicely, ladies and gentlemen. We are uplifted re-energized and refreshed from this uh, weekend. As I said at the beginning of the show, I was with my family. Nothing better than spending time with your kids and your families and your loved ones. That's why we prioritize our world thusly. God, family, country. God, of course, first, seeking him first, but also being there for our family and providing for them and having our responsibilities fulfilled. And that's how we carry on, continue this great American experiment. And that's how we win, ladies and gentlemen. We win here every single morning on The Benny Show. Thank you for watching. My name is Benny Johnson. See ya.